Welcome to Late Night Talks, a place for growth, stability, and transformation. The podcast for men and for the women who want to understand men. My name is Amy Jo. I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and a life strategist. Here, we take you to the next level of your journey mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Hello there. Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. How's it going? Are you doing good and feeling fine and staying healthy? (laughs) I hope so. I just want to say a big thank you for those of you who continuously come by and support the podcast. It really matters. It makes a difference. So thank you for that. And a big welcome to the new listeners as well. It's great to have you here. I don't know where you are in the world, but here on the East Coast, we are burning up with some heat. (laughs) It has been brutally hot. I think it's just like this all over the place right now. And I honestly think this is the new norm. So it's just a hard adjustment. It's the humidity. It gets so humid. But anyway, I am looking forward to the nice fall, crisp, cool weather. Anyways, let's get into tonight, okay? Some people out there listening, they seem to really struggle on what their purpose is in life. You know, where their purpose lies. And to be honest, most people aren't doing what they're meant to be doing from an intellectual perspective. So today, I want to talk about the multiple intelligence theory. We're going to talk about what it is, what these types of intelligence are, why they're essential, you know, how can we benefit from them and how to enhance some of these weaker parts of our brain, right? We aren't all born with the same set of dominant innate abilities, obviously, right? Just like no two brains are alike. We're all different. Some people are more physically capable with maybe greater coordination skills than others. Some people have an easier time learning language and words at an early age, but others, they're more adept with numbers and and able to easily see patterns. Most people don't have a good understanding of the range of their capabilities. And as a consequence, they might choose jobs that aren't really a great fit for them. Or even if they have this, you know, pleasure in their work, if they love their job, they still may have difficulty maybe finding helpful learning strategies that will enable them to advance in their careers. This is why I thought it was very important to bring this discussion to you tonight. People throughout the globe are continually feeling challenged in some, in some intelligent related aspect of their lives usually. So when I recently came across this theory of multiple intelligence, it made, it made a lot of sense to me. The concept of IQ, as well as what it really denotes, how it might be tested as accurately as possible, has very much evolved. Now, typically, we would assume the average IQ score would be innate. It would be unchangeable. However, 
it actually does change through time as a result of maybe different phases in life or growth. So what is this theory of multiple intelligence anyway? This multiple intelligence theory was developed around 1983 by a Harvard developmental psychologist, Howard Gardner. He's also the author of a book called Frames of Mind. Now, he would say that intelligence can be divided into eight categories. They would be visual spatial, verbal, linguistic, musical, logical, mathematical, interpersonal and intrapersonal, naturalistic and bodily kinesthetic. And if you really want to learn to be excellent at anything, your best chance is to identify one of these areas, the specific area of intelligence where you can excel and then build on those skills. So let's start with spatial intelligence. Now, this intelligence comprises the capacity to visualize, to rotate, transform, and manipulate objects. Those who have spatial intelligence can really think in three dimensions. They thrive in drawing or art, maybe designing or building things. They love riddles and mazes. They're very good at following directions. They can read maps very quickly and they seldom get lost when it comes to, to directions or locations. They're very good at interpreting graphs, charts, and pictures. And these type of people are also usually mechanically adept. They often tend to speak quite fast as well. They often use metaphors quite commonly in their speech. And they also can be very prone to vivid dreams. Gardner claims that spatial intelligence is a skill that very few people are born with. Yet despite being one of the most vital intelligences, it's typically the most neglected. Many of the other intelligences need and interact with spatial intellect, right? People with this type of intelligence would be great as scientists, architects, pilots, even surgeons, fashion designers, maybe artists and painters. And if you're one of those people who find this area of intelligence to be difficult, and maybe you want to build and develop your spatial intelligence, the following are some wonderful exercises that you can consider. Exercise your visualization skills. I know a lot of people struggle with visualization when their eyes are closed. They can't really see anything. And I used to struggle with this as well. So this is a great idea to help you. If you hold an object in your hand, keep your eyes closed, hold an object in your hand and feel the lining of whatever it is, the outline of whatever you're touching, and just imagine that in your mind. And if you do that with a couple different items over time, it will build up your visualization skills. This is something that has helped me tremendously. You also might want to take classes in art, photography, or even maybe sketching. Another great way is to work on some puzzles. This is a great way to expand this type of intelligence. Build 3D models as well. 
also imagine yourself. This is part of visualization as well. Imagine yourself from all angles. So if you close your eyes, imagine seeing yourself from looking down on you and then looking up on you, all angles, all sides. It's a very interesting uh, exercise. Make use of maps as well. And you can even find a partner to play chess with. The thing about visual spatial intelligence is that it lets you see things in a whole new way, right? So let's move on to now bodily kinesthetic intelligence. This is really the ability to physically through maybe hand and body movements, process information. It's stated the people who have high kinesthetic intelligence are maybe adept at moving their bodies, maybe performing out actions like playing sports and maintaining strong physical control. People that thrive in this area often have a very good hand-eye coordination. It's probable that you'll learn about the world around you through making use of your body and, and your sense of touch. People like this can really figure out what the end goal of a physical move is. They have a great sense of timing as well and are very quick to change how they react to physical stimuli. You'll find that people who are high in bodily kinesthetics are usually the dancers, the athletes, actors, even mechanics, physical therapists, and people who are just good at making things. These people, they learn best when they can do something with their hands and practice the skill. If you're more of a hands-on learner, learning by doing, and you perform better that way, as opposed to maybe reading a book about the subject, then you exhibit some form of bodily kinesthetic intelligence. You're probably also really good with tools. You can find it easier to have a detailed conversation when performing a physical a physical task. If you're working on something, say if you're working on an engine, you can have a very detailed conversation while doing that. You might find it very easy to mimic the movements and gestures of other people. You have very quick reflexes. Some ways that we can integrate and maybe develop our kinesthetic bodily intelligence would be by maybe taking some kind of sporting activity, right? Or dance class, whatever suits you. And not only participating in maybe a sport is a terrific way to develop your ability to be in tune with your body, but it also provides a number of other health benefits. This is very important to take into consideration your mental health, your physical health. You can also add some fun to the mix and play some charades, right? Improvising in any way that maybe enables you to tap into your body and your mind and really become aware of your experiences is a terrific way to practice as well. Also, begin each day with some stretches. And I want to tell you, did you know that your thinking, not your muscles, limits your capacity to stretch? Your muscles are already long enough that you can touch your toes. You know what's stopping you? Your mind. It's your mind's safety measures that cause your muscles to tense and draw back. Isn't that crazy? So listen, you can all do those splits. My friends, I know that you can. (laughs) 
Yoga is another terrific method that you can get in touch with your body as well as the feelings that you're experiencing. I talk about this a lot. And these just these kinds of exercises are really known to boost your cognitive abilities. The next type of intelligence will be easy. This is the musical rhythmic intelligence. It's also a form of auditory intelligence. Musical intelligence really allows people to easily distinguish sounds and tones, right? They love music and rhythm. They have a very good ear for music. They can learn songs and melodies quickly. You know, you can play a song a couple times and they already know the lyrics. They're also very skilled at maybe mimicking sounds, voices as well. They, they may remember ideas by, by using rhythm and music. Some people with musical intelligence excel at writing, singing, playing an instrument, of course, right? They often have music playing in their heads all the time. And because they're extremely auditory, they often learn well through, through lectures. And we can't really ignore the fact that according to neurologists, music is one of the things that brings us the greatest pleasure, right? It's right up there with eating and sex. Any kind of musical expression may be thought of as a channel for the language of our emotions. In addition, a research was conducted by Gottfried Schlag, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He's a German neurologist. He found that listening to music encourages structural changes in our brain, which in turn encourages the growth of gray matter, memory, perception, emotions, speech, and impulse control are all controlled by gray matter, actually. So gray matter really does promote our IQ and cognitive efficiency. It's pretty obvious here what kinds of jobs someone with high musical intelligence would excel at, like being a singer, maybe a musical conductor, a DJ, musical teacher, songwriter, maybe a musician, composer, or audio engineer. So what are some ways that you can enhance your musical ability? We can start by playing an instrument. That's always a great way to start. Pick up a guitar, a didgeridoo, whatever you're into. <laughs> also, another great way is listening to different styles of music. Music that you're not really used to. And you want to listen for different rhythms, beats, tones. Listen for the different types of instruments that are taking place in there and get very familiar with these sounds and also the patterns in the music. You know, you can listen to music lightly in the background while you're studying, maybe while you're reading or, or working. You can always enroll in some type of musical class, maybe participate in, in concerts and musicals. Another great way is writing poetry or songs. Now let's talk about linguistic intelligence or verbal intelligence. You're most likely a language learner if you have linguistic intelligence. This sort of intellect really enjoys reading and writing. Okay, they excel at word puzzles. They have a natural ability to maybe learn new languages, 
quickly. This type of intelligence indicates that maybe you absorb knowledge best when it's delivered to you in the form of words, such as maybe a blog post or an audiobook. Someone who has linguistic intelligence would really communicate very well. They are excellent listeners and they remember what they've read and heard very well. Linguistic intelligence is best suited for jobs that need a lot of reading, a lot of writing, and even speaking. These people would excel in careers such as maybe a journalist, writers, obviously copy editors, professors, even actors, you know, public speakers, attorneys, and um, broadcasters, okay? So what are some creative ways to learn how to boost your linguistic intelligence? The majority of people are very unaware of the positive effects that reading, reading alone may have on the brain, okay? Reading for enjoyment, that brings you to a great starting point. But when you read with intention, that's a whole nother story. Reading with a purpose of maybe acquiring new information gives your language skills an even bigger boost. And I'm talking about nonfiction books, maybe informative articles are all a superb way to boost your linguistic intelligence. Some other ways you can enhance the skills would be writing, especially in a journal. You know, you've heard me talk about this a zillion times, write in a journal every day. It's a great way to process your word processing skills. And even if you do read something, and I also heard this from my friend, Mr. Jordan Peterson, after reading something, write down what you just read, read something for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then write a short summary of what you just read. Okay. This is a great way to stretch these, these skills. There is always plenty of games you can play on your phone. There's so many apps like Scrabble. And I think there's something called Boggle. Another great idea is to expand your vocabulary. And you do this by learning a new word every day. And again, there's, there's apps on your phone. I think that there's one called word of the day, put that app in and learn a new word every day. Moving forward to the next logical mathematical intelligence. This is the capacity to think rationally, right? To do mathematical processes and to also maybe conduct scientific investigations into situations. These individuals are very adept in formulating complex equations, right? And deriving mathematical arguments to solve complex problems like Albert Einstein or Bill Gates. Those with a high degree of mathematical intelligence really employ reasoning and cause and effect linkages to examine their data, right? They like to deal with facts and statistics rather than that subjective information. Mathematical geniuses are also capable of making inferences and observations, which this is a key trait. Although they may seem to be really unsure of themselves sometimes, their thoughts operate a lot like a computer at times. Most people, most of us, think that math is really just a bunch of formulas that we have to try and remember, right? And we have to use calculations. 
But math is more than just measuring, even though that's a big part of it. Mathematical thinking really means looking at math, not as a set of rules that you have to follow, but as a set of patterns that you can see, right? It means breaking these problems down into pieces that are easier to handle and then working to solve those pieces. These type of people really tend to do experiments in science. They like to think about big, complicated ideas. They have excellent ability to maybe analyze things. And when it comes to writing, they really prefer the straightforward bullet point style as opposed to creative writing. They're usually quite organized people as well. And working with abstract ideas is something that they absolutely love. They typically like clear defined rules or instructions. Some great potential professions would be maybe a computer programmer, a mathematician, surprise, (laughs) an economist, maybe an accountant, a scientist, an engineer, maybe a financial analyst. So how can we become more mathematically intelligent? Well, learn coding because it's actually something where you use many skills at the same time, like problem solving, math, and even language. Also, you know, perform some mental math on the go. Maybe design some organizational structures. You can play strategy games like chess, risk, or seven wonders, right? There's plenty of brain training apps board games, solving puzzles, and even solving riddles as well. The next one is interpersonal intelligence. Now this is any kind of communication or contact that takes place between two people is said to be interpersonal. Inter equals between. Interpersonal intelligence, therefore, is a person's capacity to interact successfully with others. It really refers to a person's ability to comprehend, not only comprehend, but connect to others. Okay. These types are genuinely curious about the people around them. And as a result, they're frequently sensitive, empathetic, and extremely skilled at reading both verbal and nonverbal communication from others. So Everyone has a a one-of-a-kind type of interpersonal intelligence that's all their own, okay? In the same way that exercising a muscle helps it get stronger, exercising your interpersonal intelligence can help you become more intelligent in your interactions with other people. You're going to have the ability to connect with others on a level that is both deeper and more meaningful. Some of the possible jobs would include a team manager, a negotiator, maybe a publicist, a salesperson, or a psychologist, just to name a few. So how do we be more proficient in our interpersonal intelligence? Do some participating in community work. It's great to just get yourself out there and get involved with other people. You can also get better at getting along with people, working with people by teaching or tutoring them. You know, when we learn how to talk about a subject in a way that really makes it easier for someone else to understand. That person is often more open to your teaching or tutoring. Okay. So if you have a skill or something that you are good at, a 
some sort, try teaching it. Start actively listening to people. Active listening refers to the capacity to listen to and really recognize others' viewpoints, others' ideas, others' opinions. And this implies that you really have to concentrate on what someone's saying. Evaluate their words, and then you can provide relevant input. But really, active listening demonstrates receptivity and respect. You can also practice empathy, right? Positive body language may make people feel at ease. It makes them feel a desire to connect. So smile or wave. This helps them to feel more welcomed and relaxed. Try to show more social sensitivity, right? Which entails being mindful of people's sensitivities and maybe avoids upsetting them. Now, the next one sounds very much like the one we just discussed, interpersonal. This one is intrapersonal, which is very different. And I really don't believe that you can have a high interpersonal intelligence without really scoring high in the intrapersonal intelligence. Intrapersonal within self skills are the internal abilities and behaviors that help you to manage your emotions, that help you cope with challenges, and to learn new information. When we speak about intrapersonal intelligence, what we really mean is it's the process of getting to know yourself, understanding what you want, what you don't want, and really accepting your your strengths and your weaknesses. I've been preaching about this a lot here. This is the the core of what this podcast is about, you know, self-awareness. So when we're aware of and accepting of who we are, we can concentrate on developing our skills, okay? To understand oneself, we have to be able to sit back and observe ourselves objectively and critically without really tearing ourselves down. And this entails understanding why we think the way we do, why we feel the way we do, and why we behave as we do, and how it's affecting our life. And one major thing that can help this is mindfulness. You know, mindfulness is noticing internal and external sensations in the present moment with really without judgment. It's a transition from reacting to seeing and responding to events. In our busy, pressured life, many people juggle several responsibilities. And nobody considers how they feel how they're seen, or even how their life affects them or others. You know, we're basically living in survival mode. And when we do that, it harms our lives and it harms our careers. Mindfulness improves decision making. It identifies what makes us happy and, it, and what we really love. And it improves our relationships Some potential career choices would be a therapist, a counselor, psychologist, an entrepreneur, a philosopher, a nurse, maybe public relations, travel agents, um, social director as well. And finally, 
Last but not least is the naturalistic intelligence. Okay, naturalistic intelligence, or I'm sure you all know, is concerned with connecting with nature, right? The flora, the wildlife, terrain, climates, and other environmental components, right? This intelligence really provides highly developed awareness of nature. And this really allows individuals to be nature smart. There's just some super intelligent people where you could be walking through the forest and they, you know, will point out what kind of leaf this is or, or bug or plant or whatever, you know, they just have a very keen interest and affinity for numerous plant and animal species, as well as their, their behaviors and their habitats and their habits. Also, they are extremely aware of changes in their environment and in their climate right? They're better than others at recognizing patterns, similarities, differences, and changes in their environment. Observation is probably the most fundamental skill of a naturalist intelligence. You know, observation is one of the most powerful indicators of intelligence since it indicates that you're using your brain to gather information and make sense of your environment. And these type of learners want to see, they want to feel, they want to touch what they're learning about. Naturalistic learners really acquire knowledge best through hands-on learning, ideally outside. Some career choices would be a geologist, right? Maybe a farmer, a botanist, maybe a biologist, gardener, or a florist, you know, just to name a few. And if you want to become more intelligent in the world of nature, the absolute best way to develop naturalistic intelligence is by obviously getting outside. And it is so healing as well, I tell you. Take time to really observe. Take time to really observe the natural surroundings around you. Particularly if you live in an urban area, Nature is always reminding us of existence. Take in the scenery, the trees, the grass, flowers, and birds, and really take attention to what you see and enjoy nature's beauty, right? Go visit strange biomes. This is an excellent way to wake us up and and help us pay attention to the world around us. Another great way to get in tune with this naturalistic intelligence is to grow your own food, right? Go plant a garden with vegetables so that you can start eating whole and healthy. You just begin to appreciate all that nature provides or plant some perennials or annuals as well. If you're not into the vegetable garden. And if this isn't something that you would typically do, you know, planting a garden, you might find it extremely relaxing and you might find that you have a green thumb after all. So there you go, my friends. It's, it's a long one tonight and I am aware of that. But for those of you who stuck around and listened to the end, I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate all of you, but when you stick to the end, it matters. (laughs) I know it was a lengthy one, but I hope you enjoyed it. And 
just know again how much I appreciate you and I believe in all of you. I just want us to keep rising up together. And I look so forward to coming back next week. Take care, guys. Sending so much love and light your way.